Is this the best time to go house hunting? What's happening in the housing market right now is just frustrating. A lot of mixed signals coming from the housing market. Decode this for us and what it means. The issue, if you're trying to buy, is that there just isn't even inventory out there. Come to find out your resource for all things real estate. Current market terms you'll hear and see during a transaction. What to do and not to do once you're in contract. Interviews with industry partners to help you choose who you want on your home team. Home team. Now, here's your host, Sarah Tress. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Come to Find Out. Uh, this week, I have Lauren Walton with the Gerber Group, and um, I'm super excited to have her here. Uh, we kind of met um, really organically, and um, she specializes in physician loans. And anyone that you know kind of knows my background knows that whenever I was in development and fundraising, um, I you know really had a passion for healthcare. So when I you know heard that she did that, I was like, oh my gosh, like we have to meet and we have to like talk about this. So thank you so much for joining today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and share information. Um, hopefully you guys learned something new that you don't yet know. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. I love that. So um, just for people out there, you know, I know that it's, you know, you kind of hear it sometimes out there like, oh, there's a physician loan and this and that. But like, what does that really mean? And what does that kind of look like? Like, how do you help people? Yeah. So the physician loan is awesome because it doesn't just apply to, you know, tending physicians. It also applies to people that are in fellowship, people that are in residency. So you just have to have graduated medical school. Um, And I even found like, even as early on as like they get matched in their residency and they already have their offer from, you know, whichever healthcare institution, we could actually even use that to qualify them. So it can be as early on as them just being matched and having their offer that they can actually use that to to buy a house and we would qualify them on the residency income. Um, But the physician loan is for any, um, you know, any physician, it includes dentists, pharmacists, um, it includes um, any MD, um, but basically they can do a loan with no money down up to a million dollars. Oh my goodness. So it is... Other than VA, there's really no other option of putting no money down unless you have like a second lien or or something of sort. So no money down up to a million dollars. That's probably the biggest benefit, especially if you're early on in your career, you're in residency, you don't have a lot of money saved. So that is one of the biggest benefits of the physician loan is not having to put any money down. And then with that, you also have no private mortgage insurance. Wow. As you know, on conventional and FHA, if you want to avoid mortgage insurance, the only way to do so is to put 20% down, which is a lot and a lot more than what most people tend to put down. So no money down and no PMI, definitely the main, the main benefits of the physician loan. Um, to piggyback on the maximum loan, I'm going to mention of the million with no money down, you can go up to 2 million. It would just require some money down. So up to 1.25, it's 5% down. And then from 1.25 to 2 million, it'd be 10% down. Okay. So still pretty minimal at those, at those price points. Yeah. Um, the physician loan also has better than market interest rates, um, which is great. Yeah. Um, so they tend to come in just slightly under, under market. Um, the student loan factor of the calculation is also a huge benefit. So a lot of 
physicians, residents, fellows, mm-hmm. they tend to have a lot on the student loan side. So normal like Fannie Freddie guides would require one full percent or a half a percent of their balance to be factored in as a monthly payment. So if you're a resident, that's going to be difficult to qualify. It's almost yeah. like a second mortgage payment. So there is a special calculation used for um, physicians on the physician loan that very little is actually factored in of their student loan balance. So it really helps when it comes to qualification. Um, And then the other huge benefit that we offer, and this isn't just specific to physicians, but for anyone in healthcare, we do a Homeside Hero credit, which is $1,000 off of any um, closing costs, you know, any of their prepaid, so essentially just coming off of their bottom line as well. Wow. That's amazing. So even like residents and fellows, um, you know, could take advantage of this. Like if they knew like, hey, like we're a resident here, but we want to stay here. We want to put down roots. And instead of, you know, even if they don't want to put down roots, instead of renting, they could purchase something. Absolutely. Yes. So residents are eligible. I actually um, recently had met a group of residents and we were discussing, you know, it seems like a lot of residents are just not aware that this exists. And what happens is, you know, they get matched in March. Um, I think March 15th is match day. They get matched and then they're still finishing out medical school at that time. So they're still, you know, they still have a couple of months of school left. And then as soon as school ends, they have about a month to get to their new destination, right? So in that month, they have a lot going on. They have to move, they have to get all their stuff here. So it's difficult to figure out the, the housing piece. And so for them to go searching for, lending options and am I qualified? Am I eligible? What mm-hmm. goes into it? Like it's, it's difficult. So I think the biggest thing is physicians and residents not being aware that this exists. Um, but when I spoke with this group of residents, there was one resident in particular and him and his wife had relocated here during his residency. They bought a house in Upper Arlington and they had to bring a little over a hundred dollars to the closing table. Wow. Now, they had some seller concession that was available to them and that they took advantage of. So that helped offset their cost. But again, it's no money down. So the only money they actually had to pay out of pocket was for the fees and closing costs. So with that, I think they had like 7,000 in seller concession that essentially wiped out almost everything. Wow. So they bought their first house with just over like a hundred dollars that they had to bring to the table and would have never been possible without, you know, a physician loan uh, available to them. Yeah. Wow. That is really amazing. Especially because, yeah, I mean, I think people that listen to this that, you know, maybe aren't a physician or like, oh, they make all this money. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, eventually Eventually. they do. But like when they're first out of school, their student loans, I mean, my student loans were like bad, but it's nothing. Like, I mean, it can be upwards to like half a million dollars. Like it's insane. So it's a long time while they're helping people before they're actually making the kind of money that people just envision all doctors make. Exactly. You're exactly correct. And with any type of physician, too, um, even like residents that are finishing residency coming out and they're, you know, they're getting their full-time position or um, physicians that are switching, we can always use an offer letter too for qualification, which is nice. Yeah. So I have a physician um, that's going to be fish- finishing residency and then want, you know, getting their, you know, job after that. And they want to use their new income to be able to qualify for their purchase. So as long as that job is starting within 60 days, we can use the new income to qualify um, 60 days of them closing Yeah. and just having met any pre-employment contingencies like background check or drug test. So I always like, to mention that so people kind of know if they're in that limbo period of yeah. I'm done with residency and I'm not yet starting my job, you know, for a couple of months, can I still use that income to qualify? Wow. Yeah. 
I love that. And the physician loan can be used multiple times. It is only eligible for a primary residence. Okay, um, so not it, for an investment property? Not for an investment okay. property, but it can be used multiple times. So like if you're selling your starter home and you're upgrading to another home, if you're in your you know home you've been in for a while and you're looking to downsize, it can, it can continuously be used and you get the same benefits every single time, but it's just for a primary residence. Wow. Okay. That's great. Cause that's a little bit different than VA too, because you only have like a certain amount of benefit that you can use. And yes, yeah, exactly. So you can continuously use it. And like some physicians are well into their career and you know, they may have equity from a previous home to put down, but it doesn't mean they want to, Yeah, you know, maybe that money is going to serve them better in the market, or maybe they want to use their down payment money that they plan to use to furnish the home. Right. And so they still, a lot of times take advantage of putting the lesser money down if it's an option. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now I feel like, um, you always hear, you know, Oh, physician loan, physician loan, physician loan. But like a lot of times you don't hear about like nurses, like, are, is there anything out there for nurses too? Cause I feel like, you know, they don't graduate with as much debt, but they're still in healthcare. They're still, you know, like helping people. So I feel like it would be a great benefit. To yeah, that. absolutely. So they're currently the physician loan that we currently have. And most physician loans that I know of out there don't currently include nurses, but we do do include them on our Homeside Hero um, benefit. So it's actually nurses or anyone in healthcare for that matter. Um, and also anyone that is a first responder. So fire, police, EMT, teachers, anyone in um, you know education or healthcare, everyone gets a thousand dollar closing cost credit. So that would still be available, something that's available to nurses. Um, that was, I would say that's probably the main benefit out there, but there's always conversations occurring about adding um, nurses to you know, a physician loan in the future. Yeah. That's so great because I feel like they, uh, you know, they need to have the same, you know, benefits. Absolutely. Like, yes. I mean, like I said, I know they don't have the same, you know, they're not graduating or likely not graduating with, you know, half a million dollars in debt from sure. school, but still. Um, it's still, you know, it's, it's a great career. And I feel like it might even help entice people because there's Absolutely. a nurse shortage, you know, hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent agree with that. I love it. I love it. So, um, so physicians and nurses you do now, if someone is, um, not in healthcare, not in any of those other things that would qualify, you know, are you able to help people with that? Yes, definitely. Okay. So, um, physician loans are definitely one of our like niches and we've really, um, you know, been able to grow a lot in that space just by really being a resource and providing education. Cause that seems like that's really where it's lacking. Um, but yes, we can do all of the normal things too. Um, so we are licensed in 48 States and we, um, do all of the conventional FHA VA. Um, we do a lot with first time home buyers. So we have a lot of, um, in Ohio, OFA, um, Ohio finance agency, like down yeah. assistance programs, um, grants for grads. Um, we also have a lot of great credit repair programs. So for people that maybe are, you know, a little unsure if they're ready or if they're on the right track, like it's always good to just see what, what your financial picture looks mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe you need to save a little bit more money and therefore we can set you up to get, you know, on a budget or maybe your credit needs a little bit of work. And if we can connect with you early enough on and have a long enough runway, we can help improve, enhance, repair the credit during the process of you just kind of getting your ducks in a row and getting yourself ready. Um, we also have jumbo products. We do bridge loans. Um, we do construction. 
we pretty much do everything except for just straight land. Now, if you're buying and planning to build, we would definitely do that, but we don't just do straight land. Okay. Um, but other than that, we pretty much have an option for everyone. If you are um, an investor or interested in investing in real estate, we do a lot of really creative outside the box lending, such as bank statement loans for self-employed borrowers. Um, we do a DSCR loan for investors. This is like getting a lot of traction. It's becoming popular. You actually qualify on the future potential cash flow of the property you're buying versus your own personal income. Wow. So you actually do not have to provide your own pay stubs, your own W-2s, your own tax returns. Instead, we will do an income-based appraisal and figure out what the median rental income is for that property. And that is what is used to qualify. So as long as the median rental income offsets your payment, that's what is used for qualification. So those are, they're for investment properties only, but they're really popular. They're gaining a lot of traction um, as like more and more people I feel like are, you know, wanting to invest in real estate. It's a really great option. So we have a ton of outside the box lending options. I always say like, bring me, you know, I love it. I love the clean stuff. Of course, like bring me the messy stuff. I love, you know, love a good challenge and would love to try to figure out if we can find a path. And a lot of times there's more than one path and the client gets to decide like which path seems the best for them. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's why you and I get along so well. <laughs> it's because I love all of the, like the hard the ones, hard you know, ones. where people are yes. like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how you can deal with that. And I'm like, I don't know. I just do like, yes. it's great. Yes. Like, you know, I love the the problem solving. hundred percent. Yeah. It's just yeah. like when you, it, it allows us to bring some creativity to our world yeah. without it just being black and white. It's like, how can we think outside the box and, yeah. and get this one done? Especially like when I know that other places may not be able to get it done or they're not willing to put forth the effort to get it done. Like it just, it's very, very like satisfying and it makes me feel a lot more, you know, fulfilled with, with being a lender is when I could really look outside the box and like, it took a lot of effort and kind of putting our heads together to get this one done. But you know, then we're all celebrating at the table together. Yeah. I love that. Now you mentioned something about, um, you know, if you're a self-employed person in bank statement loans, like how can you kind of just break down, like at a high level, just what that looks like? Because I know um, I have a lot of self-employed, you know, clients that are like, how am I going to qualify for this? And, you know, if you look at my taxes versus, you know, what I actually made, like, you know, there's, there's a big difference. So how do you kind of work through that? Yeah, that's such a challenge for people that are self-employed employed is that, you know, when they're filing their taxes, it's beneficial for them to, you know, have write-offs and it's beneficial for them to maybe not claim everything. And they're doing all things right from a tax perspective, but then comes time to qualify for a loan and what helped you on the tax side hurts you when yes. you come to qualify. So the bank statement loan is great to essentially like take care of that potential problem. So I always like to look at it both ways though, because sometimes people think that their taxes may not be, you know, viable to qualify and then it ends up that they are. So we always take a look both ways. And if we find out that the taxes aren't going to work, we can junk those and essentially focus on the bank statement. But I like to look at the full picture. Um, But with the bank statements, what that basically means is that we will look at either 12 or 24 months. Again, I like to look at the 24 and if 12 ends up yielding more income, then we'll go that route. But we're looking at income deposits on the bank statement. So mm. incoming deposits okay. for their for their job, for their yeah. company. Um, they might be on personal bank statements. They might be on business bank statements. We can use both or one or the other, whichever, wherever the money is coming into. Wow. Um, but we'll essentially look at their income deposits over the course of 12 or 24 months. And then we calculate them calculate their income that way. So we are not factoring in any losses on the tax returns. We're not factoring in any write-offs they may have had. We're just looking at the income. 
that's coming in. Wow. So whenever someone is kind of unsure, I always have them send me their tax return, send me their pay, um, their bank statements ahead of time before they're even you know applying or they're in contract, and we can send to like our income scenario group, and they'll review that, and they'll essentially tell us how much income we can use, which path would be mm-hmm. best um, to figure out you know if the client can qualify for you know what they need to, and then we go through that exercise um, to make sure that they're on track. Wow. Yeah, it's okay. a really great option. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, we were just talking, um, you know, off camera just about how, like, this market is um, is crazy and how, like, you know, just how busy we are yes. because, um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like everybody kind of heard, like, oh, interest rates went down and now everyone that had been waiting for the market to crash, um, which FYI, it's not going to, but whatever. Um, <laughs> all the people that, that yeah, thought it was going waiting. to, yeah. they're still waiting. Now they're like, oh, it went down. Now I want to jump in. Uh-huh. Um, so I feel like, I mean, we're already seeing, um, you know, multiple offers, uh, people having to bid over, appraisal gap, you know, all of that, like, craziness is coming back, which yes. makes me go, oh my God, are we in 2020? Are like, did back? I like, yeah, yeah. did I like jump through some sort of time warp and yes, go back in back time? Yes. So weird. Um, but with that being said, you had mentioned bridge loan and, um, I know back in like 2020, 2021, even part of 2022 yeah. to be competitive, there was no possible way you could like write an offer contingent on you selling. Nope. So a lot of people were like, well, I have to sell my house before I buy my house. And I, you know, it's like, well, which is better? Do I sell it, you know, contingent on buying something or whatever? So I always try and like find outside of the box options. And I know the bridge loan is a good one. Would you mind giving kind of like, again, just a, you know, overview, high level overview of like what a bridge loan looks like and like how that actually works and how it would benefit people? Yeah, absolutely. And you are right. Like it is the best solution really for making a non-contingent offer, which I talk to listing agents every time my buyers submit offers and that is like still the one thing, like it almost feels like no matter what else is happening in the market, even when it feels like more of a buyer's market, they still don't want to see contingent offers Yeah, because I get it, right? Like it's the domino effect. If something happens with that buyer's buyer, then it's this effect where everyone is is affected by this one, you know, fallout of one transaction. So the bridge loan is a perfect solution. Essentially what it allows you to do is it allows you to bridge the equity from the house that you're exiting and put it, you know, down on the house that you're buying without having to sell that property. So when you fill out your application, it's all kind of one application. So you're essentially applying to buy a house during that, um, you know, review we will also review to see if you're eligible for a bridge loan, if that's something that you're, you know, you're interested in and go over the terms at that time. Um, But essentially what we're doing is we're making sure, you know, what your equity position is in that house that you're exiting. Um, So having a conversation with Mm -hmm. you, like, what do you think you're going to list for? Um, And then we review, you know, credit, we review debt to income ratio um, to make sure that it's something that the client can withstand. The biggest thing is with the bridge loan, we want to make sure that when the client closes on their new house, let's just say for some reason they can't sell that house they're exiting. We want to make sure that they're not in a position where they're going to default on one of those houses, right? Mm -hmm. So we make sure they can qualify carrying both properties, even though that's not their intention. We would never want something to change with the market. And all of a sudden that house that they were planning on selling, they can't sell. And now they're responsible for two mortgages and they can't afford it. So there's a lot of due diligence on our side that goes in just to making sure that we're not putting them in a bad position. Mm -hmm. Um, But once we essentially review that, we'll come up with the amount of money that we're willing to bridge. Um, usually it's about 70% of the equity. Cause again, not knowing for sure what the client's going to sell for mm-hmm. taking into account realtor fees. Um, we want to make sure that they 
they receive enough money on their net proceeds to be able to pay the bridge loan back. Yeah. Um, and so then with the bridge loan is all part of the transaction to buy. So we wire the money directly to the title company. Um, there's obviously some paperwork and, um, you know, the client has to fill out um, where they're, you know, getting that signed by a notary um, for the bridge loan. And then they have four months to pay that back, which usually seems to be a fine timeline. I have mm-hmm. to pay them back sometimes in a week, right? Like yeah. They had that little bit of overlap they just needed to cover. So um, it is a really great solution though. I, I do a ton of them um, because if you're, if you can't make a contingent offer, like really this is the only solution other than maybe pulling from 401k or receiving gift money, um, which may not be viable options for everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I like that, um, you know, that you're giving like options and, and things like that. Um, in the four months, does that four months start from the moment that that bridge loan closes or the moment you close on your house? Or is that from the moment that you apply? No. So um, from the time that you close on your new house, that's okay. when the bridge loan essentially will start. And I have people too, you know, they are essentially trying to get their house in contract while they're trying to buy the new one. Those things are, they're wanting those things to happen simultaneously, mm-hmm. but they also can't, don't want or can't make a contingent offer. So they will tell me, you know, my bridge loan is, is plan B. I'm actually going to try to sell, but I'm making my con- offer non-contingent because I know that if I don't sell, I have the bridge loan. Right. So it's always nice to kind of, you know, just have that as a, as a plan B and as a backup option. And if you end up selling and closing ahead of time, then great. You don't have to execute the bridge loan, but you just have it in your back pocket. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So, and you mentioned that you are licensed in um, 48 states. Um, as of now, I'm only licensed in two. <laughs> Ohio and Florida. Those um, the two, they're probably the two most popular, like at least for Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Um, so what other, what are the two states that are not, I, I can guess maybe New York is New York, one? New York, okay. yes, and Hawaii. Okay. Yes. So New York and Hawaii. New York's just tough. Like it's an attorney state. Yeah. There's a lot of co-ops and with co-ops, like a lot of times you have to wait for the board to meet, which could only happen on a quarterly basis in order to be able to approve the client. So it is a tough one. Wow. Yeah. I've heard that, um, that it just like, there's so many regulations that like you have to be specialized just in New York, like, and that everything changes all the time, that there's no way to keep up unless you're only focusing on New York. A hundred percent. Wow. Is it the same with Hawaii? Because I had never heard Hawaii. Um, You know, I don't know if it's the same reason. I worked at Chase um, for some years in mortgage and I did do New York when I worked there. And so I know a little bit more of like the complexity and around why a lot of lenders aren't licensed in New York. But Hawaii, I'm not so sure if that's the exact same reason Um, or maybe, I don't know. Huh. with like the weather or the landscape. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. I just wondered. Because yeah. <laughs> I've heard like New yeah. York multiple times yes. and I had never heard Hawaii. So I was like, I was really curious. Like, yeah. well, what is that other one? What is the other one? Yeah. 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 When yeah. people say 49, I'm like, I know what that one I is. is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, so it sounds like you really like cover like anything and everything. I mean, and I really, I love that. Yeah. It's nice too. Cause like I get a lot of clients that are buying here and live here. You know, the majority of my bulk of business is in central Ohio, but then I have people that get relocated or I have people that have friends and family elsewhere, or they want to buy an investment property or a second home in other places. So I like that. I'm not just, you know, only like honed down this area. We can help out, you know, wherever you may be going. I love it. Yeah. And is Gerber group uh, local here? We are. So our office is in Dublin. Um, We're right by Bridge Park. And then we also have an office in Destin, Florida. So we're hoping to grow a bit more like in the Midwest region Um, this year. We're always looking for, you know, loan officers. But yes, right now we have office in Dublin and in Destin. Okay. Yeah. I love it. 
I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Like I said, I know you're super busy. Um, I mean, even before we started <laughs> chatting, we were talking about how many texts and emails we've been getting yes. today. So, yes. um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to kind Absolutely. of go through this. I love doing this and would be more than happy to answer any questions. If anyone has any, um, I'll make sure that Sarah puts my information below, but when it comes to lending, I am an open book and mm-hmm. always willing to, um, answer any questions that you may have, um, or anything that I can do to help. I love it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, um, are you okay if I put your links to social media and um, like your phone and uh, email? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I would love that. Perfect. That will all be um, in the show notes. So make sure that you look there if you want to get a hold of her. Um, but yeah. Awesome. I love really it. appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to this week's episode. Hopefully you found it beneficial. Um, if you did, please make sure that you share it with someone that you think uh, could really use this information. Um, make sure that you're following the show so you never miss an episode. And please leave feedback. Um, you know, just a five-star rating obviously would be amazing. But, um, you know, hopefully we earned that. Uh, but feedback is a gift, so please um, leave that. But um, So thanks for joining us. And I'll see you next time on Come to Find Out.